It's monsoon season, but the only monsoons that I've seen have been atomic. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome back to Atomic Monsoon, everybody. How's it going, Stephanie? It's going good, Andy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing okay. It's still hot. It's still summer in the desert. uh, And it's the wrong day. Yeah, no, it is the wrong day. This is weird. <laughs> uh, I mean, not that it matters because no one listens to podcasts on the day we record anyways, but we are recording on a Thursday when we normally record on Fridays. So uh, this is a little weird. Uh, a little strange. Yeah. So, Steph, uh, you had a topic you wanted to talk about today that I have very limited experience in. Yeah, so um, I know that we've talked about like a broad range of different things, but you know one thing we need sh- we should talk about, Andy? That's DefM Records. You know, we should talk about DefM Records. I actually know a lot about them. They provide our excellent intro and outro music, and uh, they are they are good friends. And the DefM Records All Stars uh, uh, made some music specifically for us, and and they're good dudes. You can find them and uh, all of the the bands on DefM Records at defmrecords.com. D e a f m r e c o r d s dot c o m. The end. <laughs> yeah. Go do it. Um. Go do it right now. Um, so yeah, no, uh, I did have an idea for a topic this week because I know we've talked about video games, we've talked about comic books, uh, card playing games, movies, television, anime, the works. Yes. Uh, but one thing we haven't really talked about that is kind of a thing that I know we mentioned last week with uh, your buddy Tom was that's taking a bit of a hit with everything that's going on out in the world is live um, live art, so theater, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, not a lot so of that I going thought- on. Oh yeah, there's not a whole lot of it going on, and with uh, things like Hamilton being released on Disney Plus, uh-huh, uh, and I think uh-huh. um, there's like a Broadway to like dot com or something like that. There's like a website where you can watch Broadway shows on. Um, people are kind of resorting to watching live plays digitally right now. So yeah, and as a tech yeah. theater so, teacher, I uh, have a <laughs> I should know some of this stuff. Yeah. So uh, I think I thought it was a, a great idea for a topic. Unfortunately, my experience in in live theater is very limited. So I thought, hey, we should get uh, we should get one of our friends that knows a lot more about theater than I do to to join us today. And so uh, we have my buddy Dana Shobe joining us. Yeah, time for me to talk. Mess <laughs> um, up your day. I guess. I guess the best way is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I said. I said sorry to mess up your days. It makes me feel powerful. How <laughs> <laughs> like this? <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's all good. We gotta. We gotta work around people's schedules. You know. So Dana is an actor in the Topeka area. And uh, you've been in a whole bunch of plays. I have, man. Um, like most. Uh, let's see. Probably I'm most known around town for uh, playing uh, Donkey in Shrek the Musical. Fantastic. Some folks began remembering my name. That's one of my favorite roles. I love playing Donkey. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I played, I played, actually, uh, so there's not a ton of black actors where I live. So that means I get 
I kind of get thrust upon a lot, uh, like um, like the any, any any kind of black role. So that includes uh, Driving Miss Daisy, which was one of my favorites. I played okay. that when I was twenty eight, yo. Okay. Oh, Miss Daisy, Miss Daisy, Miss Daisy. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I played Sebastian and the Little Mermaid. Um, I played. Um, Dang it! What's the guy in *To Kill a Mockingbird*? The guy, you know, the black guy who gets oh, killed, um, going to prison, and the kids eat cake afterwards. Tom Robinson, that was me. Okay. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been around the block. It's, it's my passion, and I love doing it. And unfortunately, I can't really do a whole lot of it right now because hmm. the world's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Just plain on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, I mean, you know, Dana, you got a lot more experience uh, uh, doing this than, than I do. So, uh, Steph, take it away. Anything anything you want to talk about? I'll pitch in where I can, but I'm mostly going to sit back and let you guys roll. All right. Um, so what I find, it, and I'm just going to kind of start off with this before I get into the questions. Um, what I find is just kind of interesting is that theater is a thing that we always we, everyone had in their schools growing up. You know, if you went to school, if you weren't homeschooled or anything like that, you know, we all had, you know, at elementary school, there was always like the little performances that they would make each grade do. And junior high, there'd be some play that they were doing. There was like the junior versions of things. And then obviously high school and college, there would always be plays going. But I remember specifically that plays was not a thing that would always bring people in. Like right. it would be like, oh, I'm going to go see my friend perform as uh, as Seymour and Little Shop or something like that. Like they wouldn't just go because, oh, it's Little Shop. And I think nowadays with everything that's going on and the fact that the world is on fire i'm curious for one thing see what's going to happen when we do bring back live theater and how many people are going to flood to see it just because it's something to do that's not sitting at home <laughs> on your computer <laughs> um, that's a good point though but with that being the case though you know what uh we'll just kind of start like what was the first play or theater production or anything like that you that either of you ever really recall seeing whether it was in person, digitally pirated on YouTube, <laughs> whatever. So are we talking about like just any old play? Are we talking about like big old important Broadway plays or just... Uh, we'll say Broadway. Broadway. Well, I've not seen Broadway because I'm poor. I've seen... Broadway. Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was in junior high, uh, we had a class field trip to go see Great Expectations back when I was living in Massachusetts. Unfortunately, it was... <laughs> <laughs> this was so long ago now that I don't remember if anyone noteworthy was in the play or even what production company put it on. It just, you know, hey, we were reading. We had, we had just finished reading it in English class. And coincidentally, there was a, a performance being put on. So What's we that? went and saw that. And that's other than school plays. That's the first one that I remember going to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that's mostly what, uh, what I have to offer is really like, um, you know, as you were saying, when you're a kid, they kind of make you go see that crap. Well, yeah, um, you know, like when you're a kid, they they, uh, they will bring shows to you or they'll make you watch the previews of the shows that are around town. You know, I remember there was a there's a traveling theater company that came through when I was a kid. They did their own version of Aladdin shortly after the movie came out. They, they made their own version. They and the mm-hmm. same came back later on. They did their own version of uh, Johnny Appleseed. And that stood out to me because the guy playing Johnny Appleseed was a black guy. And yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm a black guy. If you can't tell by my voice, which I can forgive you for not being able to tell by my voice, but um, <laughs> back in those days, you know, black kids, you kind of you kind of look for those examples of mm-hmm. being able to do things other than be a rapper or playing ball 
or at least if you're a black kid like I was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, for me, um, I mean, like, yeah, I, I saw a lot of, you know, the school plays and productions. Uh, the first one I really recall seeing was uh, the fifth graders and sixth graders put on The Music Man, um, which... Yeah. Which then led me to wanting to play trombone, which then led me to doing marching band, which now has come full circle to me as a teacher. Uh, hopefully, if we have the chance next spring, actually putting on the Music Man uh, at the high school. <laughs> ah, look at that! Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. and I'm so excited to build that set if I can. <laughs> um, but well, I think the first Broadway one I really saw was at ASU Gamage, and it was the play uh, based off the movie Once. Yeah. For those of you that may not know this production, uh, it is about... Oh, God, I can't remember what country she's from. But it's about a young girl in Ireland who meets this uh, musician who pl- who just performs on the street a lot. And he they kind of come together to make music together, to go into kind of the music industry together. And it's it's just... It's a really just kind of wholesome musical. And if you've ever heard the song Falling Softly, Slowly? Falling Slowly. Falling slowly, that's right. Yeah. Then it comes from that that movie slash musical, depending on which version you've seen. But I've seen both, and they're very good. So, that, and that song is dope. That song is really dope. <laughs> that song. Have you heard that song, Andy? Uh, no, I don't know that I have. Uh, like, I don't know you, but I want you all the more for that. Does that sound familiar at all? Vaguely, yeah. 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 <laughs> really nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do it. Have to add that to my notes to listen to after the show. Mm-hmm. So moving on, what was uh, so? Andy, I know you said you haven't been in many plays or productions, so I'm just going to yeah. kind of put it out there. What was one of your favorite plays or productions to be involved in? Whether it was as an actor, as a tech member, stage manager, director, whatever. Like, what was your favorite play to be involved in? Doesn't matter the uh, age. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess since I've really uh, like, I know I was in a couple as a kid. Um, I honestly don't have very like, I, I just don't remember a lot about them. So like, I, I. There's nothing to say. Like I remember, there was one where I was in like first grade, where like we made some puppets out of clay, <laughs> and that's all I really remember. But the one, the one that I was in, my buddy Tom that was on last week, he he was the director for it. Uh, and it was talk radio that was written by Eric Bogosian, and I was a couple of the callers in that. I was actually the first caller and the last caller, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Mostly because I had like an hour and a half in the middle there where I was just sitting around reading comics, waiting for my next line to come up. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I got to play an old man who inherited some land in Florida, and uh, that was pretty great. And then uh, I just had my regular speaking voice for the the last caller guy. But yeah, that's that's my one my one big thing. Um, otherwise, it's just mo- like like you said at the beginning, Steph. Mostly just seeing other friends in productions that they're mm-hmm. in. Can I ask you? Uh, did you audition for that role, or did your friend just uh, cast you in it? Uh, I did audition. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, would you? How'd you feel about the audition process? It was unique. <laughs> uh, I hadn't like I'd never done anything like that before, you know. And so, um, 
it was i mean this was this was over a decade ago now so uh my memories are a little fuzzy but i remember uh basically you know just kind of question answer stuff and you know hey if keanu reeves you know were to answer this question how would he answer it and i i got to do kind of a cheesy surfer accent you know and, and he just kind of threw out some things like different things you know like hey if you were this person how would you answer if you were this person how would you answer right try and i think it was more to try and and get me to think as someone that wasn't myself which is you know not hard because i got a bunch of different things running around in my head all the time as far as you know trying to write stories and comics and stuff but yeah yeah i i the audition process was fun i because i knew because it was it was my buddy doing the casting and stuff like i felt comfortable the whole time it wasn't like i was up in front of a bunch of strangers uh i mean the other actors were but like i knew like i i felt safe the whole time so were there other actors in the room also auditioning with you there were yeah yeah yeah. Um, and there weren't there were only like three or four parts that were on stage everyone else uh was auditioning for the voiceover roles basically and we we did we did it live like we were in the green room backstage with a with a mic set up and so we were doing live calls every night and i think we did nine performances or so and i i don't uh, again it's been so long i don't remember if anyone that auditioned wasn't cast but there were probably 15 or 20 of us in that room every night just kind of sitting back there that sounds lovely that, and that whole thing is fascinating to me because it's really different like Every director, I think, has their own different way they want to go about auditions. Like, so uh, my experience is here in, in Topeka. It's usually at the Topeka Civic Theater, and usually the way it is is um, we will first of all everyone is is there for callbacks, and most people make callbacks, which is rare. But in Topeka, most people uh, make callbacks because the director thinks it's fair for everyone to kind of see what they're up against. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and we will read sides uh, from the actual show. Now, I've been in some other auditions where they do what you just said, where they just kind of ask you questions and say, and want to see how you, how you kind of improvise, <clears throat> which is also something I do, just for the record. I'm in uh, the Laugh Lines <laughs> Improvisational Comedy Troupe going on my fifth season. Anyway. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, mostly um, my experience is reading sides from the show with various people. And... Um, my community is also different in that it's it's very supportive. Like even if uh, like if you, if you compare it to like um like professional auditions where you're competing with someone and you're competing for like the chance to put like food on your table, mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna be bitter towards that person you're against. You know they're 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 not your ally. They're not your friend. But here, doing things over here. The community is so supportive. They will, you will clap for your biggest enemy if they kill that audition. So that's 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 interesting. And um, yeah, I kind of always wonder what uh, what the different audition processes are for different experiences, different different uh, directors. Yeah, and I will say actually, there uh, I think on the the callback there were we did read some sides, but I I, uh, I don't remember doing that the first time out. But definitely when it, it definitely happened at some point during the process. Yeah. What about you, Stephanie? You ever auditioned for something? Yeah, um, I auditioned for a few things. One audition that I remember was when I was younger, I auditioned for this church choir performance thing that we were going to do over Easter weekend. And I remember I was like still dressed from basketball practice. So I'm just in the back of the room, still just like, I'm tired from basketball, but I'm here to audition. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you said that. I hope you entered the room. Like, yeah, yeah, guess what? I'm tired from basketball, but I'm here to audition. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, I remember like they were going around trying, you know, having everyone sing all of these, uh, you know, d- everyone would sing the songs, but, you know, based off which voices he liked to hear more would depend on who ended up getting what role. Well, so he looked to me and he's like, Stephanie, I want you to read this, the captain's song. And I was like, uh, okay. So I stood up, I started singing it. I sat back down as soon as I was done. And he looked at me and he's like, all right, Stephanie got the role of the captain. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> and the reason why was because I was the only one who could actually properly pronounce the way he said each word. Huh. Because they, the way the words were written was really strange. Um, like, cause the song was, I think, called Sailor's Life, but not like, you know, the typical Sailor's Life. It was like, you know, it's a sailor's life for us. And it was the word not, not a. Uh. People were saying not a, uh, like they were giving a space between there when they weren't supposed to. And I was saying nada. <laughs> <laughs> and because I was saying it the way it was supposed to be said, I got the part and I was like, okay. So I had a solo in church and I was like, ah. I mean, that's um, yeah, that was one way to do it. Um, Things right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I auditioned in high school for at least one show and it was very much like the kind of callback cold, um, you know, like reading the sides and everything like that. I, my stage fright got the better of me in that one. So I did not do as well with that, but, um, it was also kind of really crowded cause it was just in the theater classroom and not on the stage. And, but in college I auditioned for as many plays as I could because I was majoring in theater. But the one that was the most significant was, uh, the one that I actually got a pretty big role in, which was she kills monsters by key. Nguyen. Uh, I always mess up his last name. I feel so bad. Oh, new in. New in. Thank you. And uh, I remember going in for the audition and I did a monologue like you're supposed to. And after the monologue, they wanted you to show off something you can do. Well, I'm like, well, I can sing, I can dance, I can do these things. But because the show was geared toward the fact that it's about D&D and nerdy stuff, I decided to come in with my lightsaber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did... Co- and I did color guard spinning because I did color guard and marching band for years. I did color guard spinning with my lightsaber. And then I got a call back, went to the callbacks. Um, we read some sides. And then at one point, certain members of the callback would go upstairs and we would do um, a stage combat part where they would hand us like a bow staff or like a bow sword or something uh, and say, like, show me what you can do. And some people, it was very obvious they've never held a thing in their life. <laughs> Uh, others, it was like they had a little experience, and then I'm over here just like whipping doing it around it. really fast and doing yeah. guard moves, but also because I am involved with an actual lightsaber combat and choreography group, Can I was also doing act. Um, so you went to an audition and they gave you weapons and said, show us what you can do (laughs) (laughs) there's a point in the show where we have to fight monsters so they wanted to see do we know how to hold it correctly so we could fight monsters (laughs) (laughs) also so we can understand how to do stage combat with like a weapon and not like you know the the punch and napping type of thing that just sounds very dangerous either way. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like, they only allowed, I think, like, two people up at a time because of the size of the room. So we would be on, like, opposite sides of the room with, like, enough space for us to do stuff. And everyone else would be back up against the wall. And then, like, the, the guy who was pretty much, you know, the director, who the, the stage director who was watching us would sit in a chair and just watch and take notes and t- catch our names and everything. But he stopped uh, me and the other person like halfway through what I was doing, like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he looked over to me and he's like, how do you know how to do all that stuff? And I'm like, uh, I'm in a lightsaber crew. 
and I do this every Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And he's like, okay. And then he writes down the note, and everyone else in the room is just like, oh, come on. <laughs> and I just kind of like walked out, like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, the, weird, the craziest part, though, was at the end of the audition, um, for she kills we were me and a few others were leaving because he had already like he had been dismissing people um but it was me my best friend uh, and a few other people that actually ended up being in the show we were all leaving and he stopped us He's like wait wait wait, hold on i never actually got to ask this to anyone else um because he was going to ask as each person was going to leave uh what characters were you guys interested in playing Oddly enough, all the characters that we list that we like, you know, so one girl was like, oh, I want to play Lilith. One guy that is like, I want to play Orcus. And, you know, we're all listing the characters. And I say, I, I want to play Calliope. And after we all kind of said that, this, the casting came out and everyone who said that they wanted to play that person got that character. That's dope. That's fantastic. So, Damn, I wish it was, it was like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, this director was very um, avant-garde with the way he does things. But uh, it honestly became an amazing play because my best friend got the lead role and I got to do one last show with her before she graduated. And it was just, it was, it is still listed as one of the top 12 best plays in Arizona done in the last 12 years. So. Well, I'm kind of, so. story. it was kind of a, a journey. You just took me on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all good. Like, uh, yeah, I had a lightsaber, and I did color guard moves. I was like, oh, okay. And then the director puts you in damn Hunger Games. Is like, show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just kept going. It kept, it kept just getting more and more insane. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, that, that very much fit the show. So. <laughs> Yo, uh, my favorite audition, I was thinking about it as I was being taken on your journey, was uh, it was actually Driving Miss Daisy because um, it's there's 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 sometimes there's those special auditions where you're with a stranger you never mm-hmm. met and like somehow you just connect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and there's something real magical in that. So again, the the woman I was auditioning with, she was actually age appropriate. She's and she's still my friend to this day, one of my really good friends. She's like, I think she was 72 at the time, and I was 28. And I don't know if you've seen Driving Miss Daisy. Have you guys seen Driving Miss Daisy or read Driving Miss Daisy? I've read uh, excerpts I know, from it. I know I saw. I, I'm pretty sure I saw it on cable, like when it was still pretty new. But it's been it's been a while. I'm but I'm familiar with it. Yeah. So there's a scene where like where Daisy she's going through dementia. She's she thinks she's a school teacher again, which she used to be. She's not any longer. And she's kind of just flipping out, trying to find these papers she's grading. And uh, this, and she's she's pretty much alone. She has no husband. She has a son that kind of looks after her, and and her son is the one who hired this chauffeur. So as the show goes on, she didn't want him, and but as the show goes on, they grow into this very tight, close friendship. And at this mm-hmm. point in the play, um, she's kind of losing her mind, and Hoke, uh, the gentleman I played, is trying to calm her down. And when she finally calms down and, and looks at him and realizes wh- where she is and who he is and who she's with, uh, she has this moment where she kind of realizes that he's all she really has right now. And so I'm with this woman and she's like, she's like, Hoke, you're my best friend. And I'm like, oh, come on, Miss Daisy. And she's like, no. No, and she took my hand, you know, and she 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 gave it this this little gentle tug, and like the tears began welling up in her in her little eyes, and she's like, "You are, you are," 
And that was life altering. That's one of those that's one of those moments where even if I didn't get to play that part, which I was lucky lucky enough to have done, mm-hmm. like that audition experience alone would have been worth it. That's awesome. That's, that's really awesome, awesome. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, to this day, like she is oh god, that woman blows my mind anytime I see her do anything. That's great. very nice. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, before we went all these on all these crazy journeys, that uh, <laughs> some of the things that you wanted to audition for, some stage fright, got the best of you. So, having not really ever gotten on stage, I, I don't have a lot of experience with stage fright. For either of you, what is what? How does that affect you, and what do you do to get through it? So, for me, stage fright was so when I was a kid, I was painfully shy. Like I was extremely shy, even to like my own grandparents like they would be like oh stephanie it's so nice to see you after you know a week of not seeing you and i would still <laughs> hide behind my parents leg you know just being like just don't talk to me you don't even like don't know sure that i'm here <laughs> exactly <laughs> um i i had a horrible thing with shyness and it was a thing that i had growing up for a while stage fright was definitely a part of it i remember my first instance of stage fright was in kindergarten we were doing a little class production of the three little bears and Goldilocks mm-hmm. and um, all the kids got to hold up a card when they got to a certain point of the story. So I had the card that had Papa Bear's porridge on it. So I had hold it up when I got to it. I cried because my parents showed up. Oh my. <laughs> no. It was, it was bad. <laughs> there was another girl who was crying because her parents didn't show up and I'm over here crying because my parents did. Uh, it was bad. I apologized to them when I got older. I'm like, I'm so sorry for doing that. And they're like, no, it's fine. You were like five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, what actually got me out of, I, I still had stage fright for a really long time, but what got me out of it was actually taking theater in high school for a, a semester because that's the way it was offered in my high school. And then doing Color Guard for, for the many years that I've been doing it because you have to get used to performing in front of thousands of people a lot <laughs> when you mm-hmm. do Color Guard. Mm-hmm. And you have to get used to being the person to stand out so they can see you and being judged and everything like that. So it got to a point where that when I was in college, I didn't have stage fright anymore, but I had the the anxious nervousness of like, oh, God, I'm auditioning. Oh, God, type of feeling that would kind of mess me up. But I was no longer afraid to perform in front of people. When I, when I actually did She Kills, I very much, even though I was playing a, a character who was very like Spock in a way, like her personality and the way she responds to emotions. Okay. The audience, you know, whenever the audience would respond to me or anyone else on stage or anything like that would boost me so much more. Even when I was backstage watching uh, one guy who played this character named Steve steal the whole show, like I was backstage losing it, but it made me more excited to go out there the next scene that I was in to, you know, to do that with everyone that I was doing it with. So I don't really um, have much of that. I'm, I'm kind of wired differently. Sure. And that like, yeah. uh, I'm way more comfortable in front of a hundred people than I am five people. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's total opposite. I don't know. Like, I feel like when, when it's a smaller group, you can, you can kind of feel their, their eyes on you a little bit easier. But when it's a hundred people, and they're all there wanting to be entertained. They're already on your side. It's just way mm-hmm. easier to you know, just let loose in that in that way. But I will say mm-hmm. the most nervous I have ever been uh, was I played Sebastian in The Little Mermaid. And it would be, uh, it was right before Under the Sea every night. That mm-hmm. is when I would get nervous because everyone knows that song. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that. That's kind of the song that everyone's kind of looking forward to when they're seeing that show. Yeah. And so if I mess that up, I'm pretty much messing the whole show up, and everyone's gonna know it. Everyone's gonna know that I messed something up if I don't. If I because everyone knows that song. And that's a mm-hmm. long, complicated song too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, a, it's it's what like five six minutes or like it, or at least it feels like it's five six minutes every time I you know I've watched the movie. So yeah, it's 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 lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's spectacle to it. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. they're, they're all kind of centered around you. They're all dancing around you. Mm-hmm. And Ariel, and so right before right before that song was meant to happen, I would sing the entire thing as fast as I could to make sure I had every word right before I went out. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that that's that's the only time. And also, uh, I will say it's different when it's singing. Um, okay, I'm, I'm 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 way more nervous. And I think most people actually are way more nervous when it comes to singing auditions. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm like that. I think I don't know. I, I think criticism is usually much harsher when it comes to singing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I mean, like we all talk. Like we all talk all the time. We're all talking right now, right? Okay. Uh, so like, hey, can you get up and can you say these lines in a talking voice is very different than, hey, can you get up there and sing these lines and also make sure you hit all the notes and also say all the words correctly. And also like there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to everyone's going to like feel it. And notice it if you do it wrong. Right. Because yeah. I don't know. I think it's something that almost something that we can't really control. When we hear bad singing. We're like, oh, damn. Yeah. Our face will do something. It's just something that's, I think, just, it's just programmed and innate in, in human beings. So, yeah, singing is definitely different. Even like that little little thing I did earlier, mm-hmm. the two of you, like uh, that's that was that wasn't my full voice because it's it's nerve wracking to do it in front of two people. Like, what man? What if my voice cracks? This is recorded. They'll think I'm a terrible singer. They'll never let me <laughs> podcast again. You know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that because I think even though I've gotten over my stage fright when it comes to performing for guard and performing uh, in just regular plays, I am still extremely nervous to let anyone hear me sing. Like, because all of my singing in front of people experiences, aside from that one church choir experience, have all kind of been negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got made fun of in junior high during a talent show because of the way that I, not the way I sang, but just the things that I did on stage to help with the song, like, you know, performing along with it. I got, let's see, my senior year of high school, we did a showcase and they did not have any other microphones ready and the microphone was still was just pretty much screwed and attached to the podium. So I had to sing the song from a behind a podium. Mm. Mm. So, so that's something that's out of your control. But of course, junior high kids are notoriously the worst. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. that, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been kind of, keep, my singing voice has kind of been kept to like myself or, you know, in the shower, in the car, my husband, like just the, a very small knit group of people. Um, but if you ever, if anyone does ever hear me sing, they always like even if it's just like under my voice with like music playing in the background, they all turn to me and be like, "Wow, Stephanie, you're really good. Sing more." And I'm like, "No, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> I'm on the spot. No." <laughs> Those kids were so mean. They're like, "What kids? You the kids?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am yeah, so using that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole layer right there. You got you got trauma attached to it, man. Mm-hmm. I so. let's see. I had uh, so there's another show I do. I do this show almost annually. It is the longest running uh, show in in Topeka history. It's called The Drunkard, and it began in the '60s. 
and it's a vaudeville style show where it's like a uh, got a cartoonish villain with the the top hat and the, the the cape and the truly mustache and all that. That's how I usually play. And he's fighting like this this raggedy Andy kind of guy, this Toby character. Mm-hmm. Really old fashioned, really fun stuff where the audience gets to they boo the villain, they cheer the hero, and like you know it's 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 fun like that. And that's the first half of the show. The second half of the show is uh, it's it's all just vaudeville act, including songs. Mm. And I have this pruning number that I was learning for the first time. I've been I've been doing the show I think two years at this point, and this is the first time I was doing this song. And um, they just threw it on the schedule, and I didn't know it was on the schedule, so I didn't really know the whole thing yet. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Yikes! So. That is that's one of my most, I want to say probably most embarrassing moments, because like I didn't know it. I tried, I tried to make it up for a little bit, and then I just, I just stopped. <laughs> the, the dude still, he's just playing his piano, trying his hardest to just keep playing that piano. Then I just stopped and was staring at him while he played. And then finally, he realizes I'm not singing. He just stops <laughs> and looks up at me. <laughs> and we're just staring at each other in <laughs> <and> silence. <laughs> <laughs> in front of an audience, and you can kind of see that there, there, there was a woman who was sitting in front of me. <laughs> Her face was just like, "Well, what's all this?" Like, I <laughs> 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 that's not what I paid money for. So the best, the best I could do was just, just try and remember the little bit I could in silence, and sang it a cappella, and then shamefully walked off that stage. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That was my moment with uh, with with that. Oh, <laughs> now I know the song. Now I sing the song every year, and I rock that damn song. But back then, <laughs> bro, that was that was that was a moment. Oh, that, yeah. Podcast. Don't tell anyone that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Delete it. <laughs> Don't worry. There's only a few hundred people that listen to this every week. <laughs> bunch of people i don't know who they are (laughs) (laughs) what's up Hmm? (laughs) so you're laughing at me now (laughs) i i would be laughing whether the story was about you or someone else (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that that makes it better but it's okay (laughs) i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing with you you're just Mm -hmm. not necessarily laughing yet (laughs) i'm laughing i'm playing i'm making with the ha-has it's all good it's all good yeah it's all good Mm -hmm. We're all friends yeah. here. We're all friends <laughs> here. <laughs> so kind of, so I mentioned earlier that Hamilton is on Disney Plus, and I was just curious: had either of you, have either of you watched it? That it, now that it's been on there, or, or I mean, I don't know if you have seen it live, Andy, but have you seen it live? I've I've not seen it live yet. My friends kind of all went and saw it live, and I got I got bitter. <laughs> so, you know, I've never seen it live. That'll okay. that'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> But I have um, seen Disney Plus, and I and I love it. Okay. Yeah, I uh, didn't get the chance to see it live ever. Uh, as far as I know, the opportunity was never presented to me. So yeah, uh, but as soon as it came on Disney Plus, like yeah, me and the roommates all sat down and watched it, and we all had a good time. And for like the next four or five days, the Skylar sister song was just stuck in my head. <laughs> I couldn't get it out, uh, and I had to resort to just pulling it up on Spotify, <laughs> just listening to it over and over again <laughs> to get it out. Yeah, I was just curious because I know that that I mean, obviously in 2016, Hamilton was kind of like the big deal that just ha- that hit the Broadway scene that even people who don't really go see Broadway wanted to go see the show. Right. And I know that with 
COVID and everything, Disney Plus was like, oh, here, have Hamilton. Uh, and now the entire world has seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's now just groundbreaking. And I think it's uh, potentially, it, it, because it's on Disney Plus, a streaming service, it could be nominated for Emmys. Which is kind of interesting. Interesting. That's what it needs. I know. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it needs more awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I've watched it a few times. I have not stopped listening to the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, this was, this was the craziest thing about all this. In March, uh, before everything shut down, before everything closed, um, my husband and I, over my spring break, uh, went to San Francisco. And we stayed in a hotel directly across the street from the Orpheum Theater. And I opened up the window and I looked outside and I'm just like, oh, you know, this is this is an interesting view. And I looked over and I'm like, hey, look what's playing across the street. And it was actually, oddly enough, Hamilton. Um, and I pointed it out and I looked up Orpheum, uh, you know, Orpheum San, San Francisco and I looked online and we actually found tickets. Are you serious? Nice. They Same were cheap. Hamilton. They were, I mean, like they were fairly cheap. However, uh, when we actually got there, uh, we came to understand what the limited view meant. Uh, we, because the Orpheum Theater doesn't want to actually remodel and expand for plays that have huge sets. Oh, um, you were right behind we, a support beam, weren't you? Worse. Oh, no. We were, we were right behind a scaffold. Not really right behind, but we were fifth row from the front okay. all the way to the side. And the most I could see was, like, pretty much all of stage left, part of part of center stage, and nothing on stage right. My husband could only see from, only see stage left. Wow. Yeah, it was literally limited viewing. So when any time a character came to the front, it was like, oh, we can see you and see what's happening. But any time there was, like, people in the corner, uh, like the, the story of tonight or anything like that, like that moment, like, we couldn't see anybody. <laughs> So it's like, um. So did you still so, enjoy watching? Oh well, yeah, yeah. We thoroughly enjoyed watching the show, um, and I thoroughly want to know how they did the turntable thing, because <laughs> that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen uh, on a set. So. Yeah, I love that revolve. Yeah, this mm-hmm. whole thing has been has been pretty pretty cool because, like, like you said, like when it came out in 2016, like it was huge amongst mm-hmm. theater folks. Um, and now we're kind of witnessing this kind of second wave of Hamilton fans. Like I've had, I've had lots of friends reaching out to me, like that, that are just now experiencing it. Now they're now they're talking about it constantly, and it's like this is this is what it was like back in 2016. Mm-hmm. That's been very fun for me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, you know, the the hip hop history play like that sounded like a cool idea, and I was definitely intrigued in 2016. But it's like I live in Phoenix. Like I'm not. I'm not near Broadway, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, forget the tickets to Broadway. It's going to cost me $500 to get to New York to start with. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like then you got to add tickets to Broadway that are impossible to get, you know, and super expensive on top of that, like and a hotel room and a hotel room. Like I'm looking at a thousand dollars before I even get in the door, you know? And like, I, that's, I mean, I'm sure it's a great play, you know, or like, I mean, I am now cause I've seen it, but like at the time I was like, yeah. I'm sure it's great, you know, but like, mm-hmm. I, I can't, 
I can't go. I don't, I'm not made of money, you know? And at the time I was, I was working part-time minimum wage. So I didn't, I like, even if I wanted, you know, like there was just no way. There was no mm-hmm. way. And so um, Lynn manuel Miranda working out their deal to, to put it on Disney Plus, like that's been great for all of us who who were like, what is this Hamilton thing everyone's talking about? Because mm-hmm. I would love to go see it. Um, another one I would love to go see is Avenue Q, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which, by the way, parents, do not bring your kids to go see that. Uh, <laughs> I, know it, I, I know it looks like it's Muppets. It's not. It is not family friendly at all. One of the songs is called The Internet is for Porn. Um, (laughs) But that was one of those things where like it was coming through town. And uh, I think I was I was I was not able to go. But hearing a couple clips of the song and then looking them up on on YouTube and stuff like, oh, this is pretty funny. And I bought the soundtrack and like I've got that soundtrack memorized now, but I've never uh, the couple times I've had the opportunity, something has come up and I just I've never been able to actually watch Avenue Q. Um, which is a bummer. Uh, so it would be wonderful if some streaming service could start getting more of these shows. And I know Stephanie, you mentioned there's like the Broadway TV thing now. Um, and I guess I need to start looking into that because I would love to be more involved in the theater world, uh, and, and have more experience with it, but just Mm -hmm. living in Phoenix, like the theater community here, isn't the best. (laughs) I mean, we've got a lot of theaters uh, in in Phoenix and everything, and we've got you know we have an entire con that's de- that is dedicated to thespians and things like that. Wow. Do. I, I learned that last that. year when I went. <laughs> I learned that last year when I went as a chaperone. I'm like, oh look, we're going to Thescon. <laughs> um, but uh, which that oh, that I think that's I don't know if that's weirder than actual con or I'm just so used to actual con that going to a theater convention was just a different or conference, which is a different experience altogether. Maybe both. Um, (laughs) But I I mean, I know we've Arizona's weird. It's like, we don't have like that high or grade of a, of a theater uh, presence, but yet we have produced a lot of really great actors into the, either the world of theater and Broadway or the world of film and television. No, like Emma Stone is an example. And, yeah. and, th- and, you know, Joe Jonas, oddly enough, was born in Casa Grande. Like, you know, things like that. So, yeah. One thing about about Phoenix Theater that I've I've come to understand, and, and I think this is true based on the people that I've talked to in the theater community. <clears throat> Phoenix has a lot of small theaters, but mm-hmm. no one has banded together to make a big Phoenix Theater community. Yeah. And I... I think that there's enough people to do it, but someone's got to take that initiative and be like, yeah, we're going to make a big Phoenix theater rather than the several smaller ones that we have. And I listen, Phoenix theater people, if you're listening and I'm totally wrong, I apologize. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) As I've said before, I have very limited experience in this world, but this is, this is how it feels to me as an outsider. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, to speak, it's kind of, kind of, kind of very similar and that there's a, there's a it's it's definitely got a very very big theater community and we've turned out a few a few uh broadway names like we got uh we got jeff crady uh mm. he uh, he won he won a, he's won uh, a tony uh for i believe gentleman's guide to love and murder won a mm. tony for that he's been in lay miz um we got uh sherry renee scott came from topeka doing okay. theater she mm. she actually originated um ursula on the the broadway little mermaid Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. We have... We got the guy who... Um, I, I can't remember his name, and he's more of a screen actor, but um, the guy who played Keith Dudemeister on Scrubs went to my high oh school. Oh, my God. What is his name? 
I can't think of his now that you've said I can't think of his name I can't think no, of his name no. yeah you know his face when you see it yeah and uh, man what's his name uh, James James Reynolds James Reynolds um, is from oh. and he is on uh, Days of Our Lives he's known for playing Abe Carver he's won a daytime Emmy and um, he is the longest running like black actor in soap opera history wow and he's also played uh, the role I play in The Drunkard right now. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, we got, we got some nuggets. You know, we got, it's definitely, mm-hmm. um, I want to say, like an incubator for talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back uh, to Hamilton, though, because you, you mentioned some things that stirred some memories. So, first of all, like you said, uh, Andy, mm-hmm. that blew my, the, the, the hip-hop aspect of it, that blew my mind. Because uh, my friend... The way I was introduced to Hamilton, um, he I was he was giving me a ride to the theater, and he's like, "Have you heard this stuff yet? This Hamilton? He's a bike guy, and he plays me the first track, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> hey man, don't let no one tell you different." But that was a rap song, and he's like, "Really? People are saying it's not," and I'm like, "Wait a minute, you guys know it's rap, and you still like it? <laughs> <laughs> You're not being tricked." the liking rap like like white cats like rap right now it's the biggest thing on broadway (laughs) that rocked my world (laughs) so and also um you know you mentioned not seeing broadway shows well um something to note is that lin-manuel miranda like he grew up not being able to see broadway shows so what he had was original broadway cast recordings so he made sure to uh to write hamilton in, the, in a way that you wouldn't have to see it in order to follow the narrative. For yeah, people like yeah. him, you know, that couldn't actually go see the show, you can pretty much, you can get a pretty thorough experience just listening to Hamilton without having seen it. For sure. And that's something that I, re- like, after I had seen it, I was like, oh, there's no dialogue between the songs in this. I could have just been listening to the soundtrack for the last few years. Yeah, but I should have. <laughs> no one told me. No one told me that that was like, like, as much as I love Avenue Q, like I, I am aware that there is plot between the songs, uh, mm-hmm. and I've, I've kind of had to fill in the blanks as best as I can. But yeah, no one had told me. Oh yeah, with Hamilton, you could just listen to it, and that's that's you know ninety percent of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there, there's there's a couple points in Hamilton where I mean, if you actually watch the the version on Disney Plus or just the live version at all, I mean, there's a couple points like John Lawrence's death or Philip Hamilton's yeah. death or her gasp at the end. Like, there's certain things that are not in the state, not on the uh, original cast recordings. Sure. That they intentionally leave out. That when you do see the show and you see that moment, it becomes more emotional. It becomes more just impactful than just hearing the song end. <laughs> and like King George's slobbery ass. I didn't know he was so spitty. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jonathan Groff in that role so hey, much. He's so good. <laughs> and that uh, that gasp. What on mm-hmm. earth does it mean? So <laughs> I've heard different. I've heard different theories on that. My thought and theory is her her last breath before she passes on and joins everyone else in the cast who's passed on. Um, some people have the theory that it's up to the. It's obviously up to. Um, the actress's interpretation. Some people believe that's her seeing Hamilton. That's her seeing her family. Um, I think one of my favorites was that when she turns around and follows and kind of meets Lynn halfway, um, that it's not Hamilton. It's not Alexander anymore. It's Lynn Manuel Miranda. And he's guiding 
Elizabeth Eliza around and be like, here, look at what you've done. Like kind of like, here's your story. Your story has been told type of thing. And I was like, damn, that hit deep. That's, that's the best one I've ever heard right there. That sounds great. That's, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Okay. <laughs> sounds good. That's what it means. Because <laughs> so. kind of like, there's got to be a reason for it. I don't think that, because they wouldn't just throw it in. But yeah. that's that's what I'm going to go with henceforth. When you ask me, mm-hmm. <laughs> ask what tell folks. That's what it is. Yep. <laughs> I think that that's works. the one thing I kind of liked about Hamilton is that, I mean, I've watched a lot of plays. I've watched um, a lot of different things and kind of been involved in a lot of different things. Uh, and, and it's nice to see the little nuances and details that relate to things in the future. But what's interesting about Hamilton is that I'm being more and more of them are being pointed out to me to the point where I'm appreciating the show more. Like in the first song, um, there's a point where the characters are kind of like, you know, we uh, like, you know, we fought with him. Me, I died for him. Me, I trusted him. Me, I loved him like that part. Like it was like, oh, that's a great part. And then someone pointed out it has a double meaning. And then I was like, what do you mean? And I, I thought they play two different characters. So they fought with him by their by his side, but they also fought with him. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, same with you know the actor who plays John Lawrence and Phil- Philip Hamilton. They both died for him, and it was just this whole thing. And I sat there and I was like, "Dude, oh, <laughs> how did that escape me?" <laughs> what? In my mind. <laughs> totally real. That's totally what. What? Uh, <laughs> did I just blow your mind? You did. It's <laughs> just all over the wall right now. So. I don't think we're going to get better than that. Also, we're basically out of time. So oh, we're going to end there. <laughs> yeah. I was having a good time. Yeah. I mean, we, we could keep talking, just we're out of time on the show. So, yeah. uh, hey, Dana, is there anywhere online that you want people finding you? Hell yeah, bro. I actually have a, I have a web series called Lucky Us. Which you, you do, find- and it's great, and everyone should watch it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find it on YouTube. Um... Uh, YouTube slash Lucky Us Show. Yeah, and it's a it's a situational comedy. It's a odd couple comedy based on uh, my my real life relationship with my best friend, uh, who is a, a white girl who is opposite for me in pretty much every way. <laughs> so, All right, please check it out. Yeah, at the very least, watch the one with the spider. Yeah, watch <laughs> the spider. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, uh, you guys can find us at our usual social media hangouts, Atomic Monsoon on Twitter and Facebook, and Atomic Monsoon with the underscore on Instagram. Um, email us with any thoughts, questions, comments, suggestions at Atomic Monsoon at Gmail, and find all of our previous episodes at AtomicMonsoon.com. All right. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for hey, thanks on. for being fun. on, man. Been a good yeah. time. It was awesome. a lot of fun. All right, guys. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. Take care. And scene. <laughs> <laughs>